Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Ferre. And Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Bridget, we need to be honest with ourselves. One of the hardest parts of organization is the upkeep and the maintenance. (laughs) The reality is, eventually, you start letting things slide, and then your system slowly starts to fall apart. Okay, we're human. It's normal. It's fine. But you have to acknowledge this when it happens and then press the invisible reset button in order to get yourself back on track. So today we are going to give you all some strategies for pressing that reset button in your classroom, whether you are teaching in person or virtually. But before we go to reset that button or hit the reset button, that makes way more sense, guys. Let's hear from a TSH from Robin. And Robin says, I spend hours looking for resources to support my content, then several more hours incorporating these resources into my lessons. I would love to know how to shorten this process. Listen, we completely understand you. And I feel like right now, we're all digging in and looking for so many different resources out there and then trying to figure out how to learn those resources so that we can use them effectively within our classroom. It's incredibly time consuming. Yeah, but Robin, we are going to share some strategies in today's episode that I think will help you with that, at least help you be more organized. So when you do find those resources, you have a good way to store them for the future. Now, I want to start off with a quick story. You all know that emails have kind of been the bane of my existence. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with emails. Here's the thing. My work emails, I actually manage really well. I have this intricate folder system that I've developed over the years and I keep a zero inbox pretty much at all times. Like I'm very good at responding to emails, organizing them and whatnot. However, when it comes to my business emails, I just can't keep up. I have done like hitting the reset button on my business emails so many times. (laughs) And I think the reason it's so overwhelming is because I get thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. Like it's just too much for me to keep up on. So recently, like literally a week ago, I got to that point where it was causing me so much stress and I just needed to clean it out. I needed to hit that reset button. I had thousands of emails in my inbox. Some of them I I had opened but never responded to. Other ones I just hadn't even opened and I just felt so overwhelmed. So I went through, I deleted all of the unnecessary emails I unsubscribed to a lot of emails because I don't know about you, but I'm constantly getting emails where I'm like, I'm deleting it every time it ends up in my inbox. I need to just unsubscribe to it. Like I don't need it there. (laughs) I also went through and created some new email templates and I've had some email templates stored, but I had to create some new ones. And this was hard for me. Bridget was the one who was like, Michelle, you just need to do it. And Bridget, you'll be proud of me because I did do it. I had to create an email that said, I'm so happy you reached out to me for support, but unfortunately I can't offer this like individualized advice and support and everything because I'm balancing so much in my own life. Y'all, I get hundreds of emails of people saying, well, here's my situation. Do you have any suggestions? And as much as I would love to help them, I'm one person. And on top of teaching and running a YouTube channel, running a podcast, getting married, trying to go to the gym, trying to train powerlifting, like I just, I can't, I can't help all of these people. So I finally created a new email template for that. 
And at the end, I just felt so much more at peace because of this new organization. I truly felt like I had hit the reset button and all of that stress just melted away. Um, I had something semi-similar to this. Um, recently, I have to tell you, I needed to hit the reset button as well. Um, I got sick. And I got sick to the point where it was like a COVID scare sick. It was it was one of those types of situations. And guys, I was out of work for seven school days, seven school days. You could only imagine my room, all of the lessons, the grades that I was behind on, just everything that was going on. And I felt incredibly overwhelmed going into the week. And I was like, all right, I just need to hit a reset. And it was that that was my opportunity to hit that reset button to get it back to the way that I needed it. So I had to work a little bit harder. Um, I had to do a little bit more extra stuff. But I finally have gotten to the point where I am feeling so much better. And I feel like I'm back in my my groove when it comes to just my everyday routines at school. I had a similar experience last fall. I got the flu and I was out for like a full week. And it's crazy like how much you have to do to catch up when you come back from something like that. So I I felt for you. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the reality is there are a lot, a lot of different ways that we can hit the reset button in our classroom. So we're just going to share like four examples that might be relevant to you right now but use these ideas and then expand them into other areas of your teaching life. Because unfortunately, Bridget and I can't sit here for 10 hours and go through all of the ways that you can apply this whole concept of pressing the reset button into your teaching life. So use these four examples and just try to expand your thinking. Now, Bridget is going to be sharing the in-person application because she is teaching her students in person. I am going to be sharing the virtual application because at this time, I am teaching virtually. Now, we're going to be transparent, just like we were in episode 45. We are recording this on October 3rd because next weekend I get married. The weekend after that, I leave for my honeymoon and I'm going to be out of the country for like 10 days. So Bridget and I are recording this in advance so that we're ready to go for the month of November and no posts fall through the cracks. However, it is looking like we are going to be back in a hybrid format very soon, like maybe by the end of October. So wow. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that plays out. Stay tuned. But for now, Bridget, do you want to start us off? Yeah, you know what? I started thinking about how um, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) That's what I was thinking about. (laughs) If that is not representative of teachers in this school year, I don't know what is. I literally had something so good. And then I started thinking about you going into hybrid. And I was like, man, that's going to be a huge transition. I am like squirrel all the way right now. But you know what I am now I'm starting to think about new train of thought, guys, um, is that you're going to have to hit the reset button when you get back from your honeymoon. Like that's going to be oh, a desperate yeah. reset button because it's going to be crazy chaotic for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's chat a little bit about the first category. (laughs) Are you laughing at me? No. (laughs) So as you said, squirrel, 
I was oh. going to share, Billy and I were out playing tennis earlier, and there were so many moments where he would get ready to serve, but he would look at me, and I wasn't looking at him, because there were squirrels, like actual squirrels, all over. Like, they were up on the fences, and they were running around, and like, I am a total animal lover, so when they would be close, I'm like, <laughs> like come here, come here, trying to get them to come Michelle, over to me. what if they had rabies? I'm willing to take that risk, Bridget, <laughs> but it just, when you said squirrel, I started thinking about the squirrels I saw earlier. We really need to get our lives together. I wow. cannot focus for the love of me. Literally, Michelle calls me last night before. <laughs> Obviously, it's last night. Uh, and I'm like randomly cleaning out my basement. We've mentioned the basement many times on this podcast. <laughs> and I could not for the love focus on the conversation. I am just all over the place because I want to blame it on the full moon. Because while we are recording this, it was currently a full moon. I think yesterday day before yesterday yeah something like that but it was, it was literally yesterday <laughs> it was 9 p.m when I was talking to her on the phone and she's like oh yeah I'm down in my basement and oh here's a picture of these bins oh and oh I have these magnets and like it was just she was so scatterbrained <laughs> I was I was so true okay so let's talk about um the first category so the first category that you can hit the reset button in is going to be general files. Now, Michelle and I said that we were going to kind of mention this in two different areas. I'm going to be talking about it in person. She's going to talk about it as a virtual. And that hopefully is going to allow you to start to see some of the differences. Oh my gosh, now the train of thought came back. <laughs> Putting a pause on this right now. So you you had mentioned in there about like, adjusting it to kind of fit your lifestyle. I personally love watching like those cleaning shows and like the organization shows. And recently I've started getting into the home edit. Oh, okay. So I haven't watched it yet, but I have followed them on Instagram for like years. Yeah. So actually, I don't know why I haven't watched. It's Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. So I recently started watching the home edit and I just like I, I like watching all of those organization shows. And while I may not have all of the same materials and I may not have all of the same exact like space and everything, I can still take little bits and pieces from it and be able to apply it to my life. Sorry, that was late, but let's move on. Files in person. Let's talk about hitting the reset button there. So the first area that you can do this is maintaining student assessments for either files for like your district assessments. Um, I know that me personally right now, I am doing things a little bit of a mixture. So we are still using iPads in our classroom. We're trying to do a lot more on iPads just so that kids feel super comfortable using them. If, 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 which I, ne I actually don't think it's ever going to happen if we were to go virtual. But I also have some paper assessments. So recently we started doing the SRA, which is a new assessment. We, this is the first year that we're rolling that one out. And all of those are on paper. So it's like having to kind of figure out an, an organization method between the two of them and figuring out a way to um, maintain like records. So I like to be able to share that information with parents. And so I had to kind of do a little bit of a reset button and because they threw the SRA in us, you know, just like a couple of weeks ago. And so I had to start saying, okay, well, I can't put that in Schoology or I can't put that here. So how am I going to be able to communicate that information? So 
I had to hit the reset button and change up a little bit about how I'm maintaining some of my student files. The second thing is maintaining different files from your curriculum that I, that you've started for the year. So we know that a lot of places are starting out with new curriculums. They're trying out different programs because they're trying to accommodate for both a virtual sense and then also an in-person uh, format. And so for me this year, I have started Target the Question and Mountain Math, um, and I have had to kind of hit a reset button on that and really figure out the best system for incorporating that into my LMS, but then also how am I going to um, do the grade pieces, which I finally figured out. I think I'm going to do a word completion for Mountain Math, but still like check their answers to give them feedback and then Target the Question, I'm going to grade it. Let's see if that goes well. If not, I'll reset that a little bit later on in life. Um, and then the final thing is gonna be organizing emails. So I got really, really behind when I was gone. I did not check my emails. I told myself I was not gonna do it and I didn't. Um, but I'm really behind when it came to my emails. So I had to do a little bit of organizing. We've had some different types of uh, emails that have been going out just because of the new procedures and things like that this year. Like I had to create a health and safety folder, which I didn't have in the previous years. Um, and I had to do like a nurse folder that I had to put in there. So it's little things like that, that is just, I had to kind of create new systems and just kind of reset everything so that it started working a little bit better for me. All right. So when it comes to your files in a virtual setting, number one, clean out your Google Drive and thank me later. <laughs> what I mean by clean out your Google Drive, delete files that you no longer need. I will go through my Google Drive maybe like once a quarter. And whenever I do it, I'm like, what is this weird like file that I tried to create? Like sometimes I try to create an organizer and then I abandon it and never use it. Delete them, you don't need them in there. Also go through your starred section because I have a bad habit of like just starring everything. I'm like, oh yeah, that's important. I need quick access to it. So I star it and then eventually I have like 30 files in my starred section and it's no longer useful for what it should be used for. So I will go through and unstar files I no longer need and I'll make sure that I have starred the files that I actually need to have in there. I had in the spring all these files that I was using for e-learning is what we called it in the spring, and I no longer need them. So I unstarred them and instead starred the files that I'm using now for online teaching, which is what we're now calling it, because of course, that's the most important thing is let's give it a new name. Anyway, I digress. Um, and then finally, organize any files you have that are not in folders. So personally, I have a folder and I have a spot for every single thing. And if you have files that you're not sure where to put them, create a new folder. Bridget mentioned this with emails. Like you might need to create new email folders. Mm -hmm. Another way you can press the reset button when it comes to virtual files is by reorganizing your lessons on your LMS. That's your learner management system. We are using Google Classroom. Now, you might need to ask yourself kind of some reflective questions because hitting the reset button isn't just about like, okay, I'm gonna clean things. No, you also need to figure out, is your system working? Is there a way you can simplify it? When it comes to like your LMS, can you add emojis in to make it more clear? I personally am now color coding mine. So there's like the little circle emoji that's just colored. I'm using a red circle for Mondays, orange for Tuesdays, yellow for Wednesdays, green for Thursdays, and blue for Fridays. And that has just worked really well for my students. I didn't do that from the get-go. That's something I added on when I reflected and realized, hey, I can make this better. Mm 
And then finally, go through the files on your computer. Ask yourself, what files can I upload to Google Drive? Are there things that I can delete? Now keep in mind, this doesn't just have to be like once every few months or once a year. Bless your heart, if you only do this once a year, it's going to take you forever. Instead, this could actually be something you kind of build as a habit, whether it's something you do weekly or even at the end of the day, like I always check my desktop and my downloads folder. And I always try to keep them clear unless it's something I'm working on. So like when Bridget and I finish recording this podcast episode, that podcast file is gonna stay on my desktop until I edit it. But otherwise, like I get everything out of there and it's just a habit that I've built, but it helps maintain that organization. Bridget, do you know what I love about wintertime? Let me guess, hot cocoa with some marshmallows next to a fire. Yes, but I also love wearing crew neck sweatshirts all day, every day. Oh my gosh, girl, crew neck sweatshirts are my jam right now. I feel like I get to wear jeans so much more than any other year in teaching, and I live in my crew necks. Now, if you all love crew neck sweatshirts just as much as us, and you're a top teacher, we have some exciting news for you all. We are launching for a limited time Top Teacher Crew Neck Sweatshirts. So you can head on over to www.teachingonthedouble.com and grab your crew neck sweatshirt today. Now these are available for pre-order the entire month of November. Then they will ship at the beginning of December. So make sure you grab one before November is over. And we hope to see you guys wearing that crew neck twinning with us all winter long. The second category that we're going to talk about are materials that you have. Um, So if you are in person, one really good way um, of doing the reset button with materials is looking at new curriculum and organizing that curriculum in a way that allows for you to go back and use it and check on it. And I mentioned that I have target the question in mountain and math. And so what I had to do this year is I had to print out answer keys and make sure that I placed those answer keys where they needed to go. I labeled all of the materials. I added the tabs in there and it just makes things a little bit more efficient so that I'm not having to reprint the answer key like I felt like I was doing when I had a sub. Um, so now it's just in a one place that is easily accessible for anyone that comes into my classroom. The second area for kind of hitting a reset button in materials is going to be assistance. So I have new assistants in my class this year. Um, People that I have that were not um, at my school previously, so they didn't really know how I worked and the kids and just everything else. Like typically we keep our assistants every single year, but we had some some moves when it came to just uh, who was there helping in the in the classroom. So with having new assistants, I needed to give them information. But one of the biggest things that's really important is that you have to go back and you have to check to make sure that what you're working on is up to date, right? So if I'm gonna give them a specific routine and I tell them, hey, I want you to check in with this child, well, I may need to add another child or I may need to remove kids. And if I'm effective and I go back and I hit that reset button on those pieces, then they're going to be efficient with their time and they're really gonna help kids where they need help. So. 
I had to kind of do some changes there because I had uh, one kid that's going to end up leaving and then I have a couple of other kids that I really needed to kind of add on to that list. And then finally, um, putting materials back. <laughs> I felt like there were just so many different books that I had everywhere, different materials. I And I feel as though this year I have one set of materials for every single kid and I can't have a group assignments, right? I can't have collaborative sorts and I can't have collaborative games. I have to have one of everything. So it just makes it a little bit more tricky that I have so many more things, but I still want to have things that are more hands-on and I want to be able to give them, you know, different sorts, but that just means that I'm going to have 20 sorts versus just having like five or six for group work. So putting some of those materials away, making sure that you're labeling them, putting them back where they need to go and not just throwing them in a closet like I used to do because then you're gonna end up regretting it. And I just realized I can't have my kids clean out my closets. What am I gonna do? They always clean out my closets every spring. You're gonna have to watch the home edit while you pretend you're down in your basement uh, cleaning, I'll talk to you on the phone. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> now, when it comes to virtual teaching and materials, keep in mind, even though I'm teaching virtually, I do still have physical materials. I have books and I have manipulatives. I have this cart that I'm keeping at home in my office because I am teaching from home Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at least at this point. And in that cart up in the top, I have a bin and that bin is a, a place for me to put, you know, books and materials like dry erase boards, notebooks, things like that. But it has become this overflowing mess. And I actually had to go through it just this past week because I couldn't fit anything else in it. And I said, Michelle, this is not good. You need to hit the reset button. So what I did is I flipped through everything in that bin and I pulled out all of the things I didn't need anymore. So for example, I had a lot of like beginning of the year books, like those read aloud books that I do to like build community and all of that. I took those out and I took them back to my classroom. I also went through some of the curriculum books that I had brought home because originally they had said, hey, if you're teaching from home, like here's a list of the things you need to grab from your classroom. And so I grabbed them and took them home but I go to my classroom on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I can just leave those materials in my classroom and make sure that I plan with those materials on the days that I'm in my classroom. Another way you can hit the reset button when it comes to virtual materials, if you are using manipulatives, put away the ones you're not using anymore and then take out the ones you need for a current unit. I know right now we are finishing up addition and subtraction, like the standard algorithm. So I've been using a lot of base 10 blocks to be able to model that, but I don't need those anymore. I can put those away and I can now take out like fraction towers and fraction circles because we're about to start the next unit and it's all about decomposing and composing and adding and subtracting fractions. So just kind of going through your manipulatives and going, okay, what do I no longer need and what's coming up? And then finally, now this would be like a virtual uh, material in my mind, not something physical, go through your bookmarks or your favorites on your internet browser. Is there anything you can remove? Like maybe you bookmark something because you thought you were going to use it and the reality is you never click it, like you don't need it there. Or is there anything you need to add? Is there a website that you're going to every single day or every single week that you could add to your bookmark bar in order to make it more accessible and more efficient? 
The next category that we have are going to be for sub days. Now, this one is really important because I think we all know that at any point in the school year, we could get sick and we could be out for an extended period of time, um, as I was this past couple of weeks ago. And so we have to create a sub binder for with 10 days worth of lesson plans. Well, I had to hit the reset button with that recently because I've used up some of my lessons. So now I have to replenish some of those resources so that as you're kind of finishing up with your sub days and you have those materials in there and you're not able to plan, you might have to spend time making sure that you reset that sub binder so that it's prepared in case something else was to happen. Um, So I had to update that and I had to add more materials for that. The other thing is having materials out uh, to be able to tend to certain like procedures and routines. And for me, um, recently, actually, and I don't think, Michelle, I, I told you this. Actually, I can't remember if I did. Maybe I did. I don't know. I feel as though, and I did tell Michelle this, I feel as though I'm not going to be going virtual. I feel like we're doing such a good job in our school and that we have, we've had zero cases zero cases at my school. And we've been at school for almost two months now. And I don't think we'll, we will go virtual. And so with that in mind, I started thinking, well, you know what? I might open up my classroom library. Like right now we've been doing all virtual books, but I feel as though it's so important for my kids to have books in their hands. Now, if I create routines and procedures that will allow for my kids to be able to have books, but then they're on like a quarantine bucket for so many days, I just have to develop that. And so once I have that, then I can have it posted, I can have it up and available for people, and I can make those changes. So it's almost like I'm hitting a reset button on the way that we're doing things because you know, I have to be kind of flexible this year. So I make sure that I have all of that information out. But then if I do that, I also have to make sure that I'm resetting that and placing that into my sub binder as well so that they know the procedures and the routines as I'm changing them this year. And then the final thing is cleaning up and putting things back in their home. Um, And I know that I tend to get a little bit messy, especially when I teach and when I'm at even in my physical home, things just kind of get pushed off to the side. The junk drawer gets really out of control and it gets crazy to the point where Trent's like yelling at me. And so I have to kind of make sure that I'm going through and just double checking things every once in a while to ensure that it's being maintained. I love that you mentioned as you change your routines and your procedures, you have to update your sub binder. Like that is such an important thing to do, like hitting the reset button and updating things that you maybe created at the beginning of the year is so important. Now, I am going to be out for six days coming up soon for my honeymoon. We are leaving on a Friday night. So I'm teaching that Friday, but then I'm out the entire next week. And then the Monday after that, Billy and I are actually going to have to while we're flying from Istanbul into New York, and then we have to rent a car and drive back to where we live because our other flight got canceled. It's a whole thing. I'm going to get back super late that night. But when I do come back, here are some of the things I'm going to have to hit the reset button on. I'm going to have to grade all of their assignments on Google Classroom and then add those grades into the grade book. I could, could is the keyword. I could grade things as my students are completing them. But 
y'all, it's my honeymoon. I'm not picking up Google Classroom. I'm not grading assignments. Like that's not what I need to be doing with my time. So that will be something I have to do when I come back. I'm also going to have to respond to any emails. Once again, I could respond to some emails while I'm there if I have internet service. I don't really know, but I don't want to have to do that. And the reality is, if you're listening to this, even if it's not your honeymoon, even if it's just a vacation you're going on, or like in Bridget's case, you're sick, you do not have to continue working. You are off school. You don't have to answer emails. You don't have to grade assignments during that time. Now, you're going to have to do it when you come back. Okay, that's the reality of it. But you don't have to do it while you're out. So when I come back, I'm going to have to respond to emails. I do plan on setting a like automatic response that says, you know, I'm unavailable. I'll be back on this day. If it's urgent, contact these people instead. So hopefully parents will already understand that I'm not responding right away. But that will have to be something I take care of. And then finally, I'm going to have to review notes from the substitute and address any things with my class or, you know, alter future lesson plans based on their progress. Because I'm leaving six days of plans, like they might end up kind of behind. Like they might not even get to the last day of plans. I don't know. So I might have to alter my future lessons based on that. And if anything, came up behavior-wise while I was gone, that's going to be something I have to kind of hit the reset button and address when I do come back. So this last category is going to be conferences. Now, I feel like, would you consider this almost like a future reset button? I feel like this is a reset button from how we used to do things in the past. Yes, I would agree. (laughs) But we're doing it for the future. Guys, it's like a mind twist. (laughs) Yes, yes. I think that's a good way to put it. So here's what we mean by this. So I feel like we've, if you've been teaching for a while, then you have a very specific way that you've always done parent-teacher conferences, right? Now, for me, I'm teaching in person. However, my conferences are going to be held virtually this year which is very, very different. So I almost have to push a reset button on how I have done things in the past when it comes to conferences. And I have to change how I'm about to hold them. So one of the ways that I'm doing this this year, and I'm gonna just cross my fingers and hope that it works. And if not, then I can hit a reset button for the spring so that I'm not making the same mistakes that I'm hopefully not gonna make in the fall. Um, but the one of the first things is creating an overview for each of my kids. So because my they're not going to be in front of me, I feel like it's just, it's harder. And I honestly don't know if we're gonna have the same turnout. I'm just gonna be honest. I don't think we're gonna have the same turnout that we, we've, done, we've had in the past because it's going to be held virtually. And so I wanna make sure that I'm communicating the, my students' progress to everyone. So I'm gonna kind of create almost like a one-sheeter for kids where I'm just gonna print them out and I'm just gonna hand write the information in that I feel as though is the most important for my parents to have. So that's gonna be the first thing. The second is gathering materials for exemplars. Now, right now, I have a lot of assignments in Schoology. I'll be honest, I don't think parents really look in Schoology. It's intimidating as a parent to be able to get on there and like learn it. And if you have Schoology or if you have an LMS, you know that when the first time that you ever got onto your LMS, you were a little overwhelmed. That's how these parents feel almost every single day um, when it comes to just getting on and looking at their kids' work. So I wanna pull materials for exemplars and be able to send it with that one sheeter so that they have something to reference and look at as I am kind of telling them different pieces because they're not going to be right there in front of me. 
And then the last thing is that I want to mail out all of these materials prior to the conference. I don't want them to get this afterwards. I want them to have it beforehand. And I typically will send a form asking questions saying, hey, well, what do you, you know, what questions do you have about there? What are some of your concerns? You know, where do you feel as though your child is strong in? And that really allows me to get some sort of a gauge. Now I've typically done paper in the past where I just sent in a paper piece and I might just try to play with doing a Google form this year. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. So I'm going to piggyback off of that. Now, our conferences are also going to be virtual and Bridget, Google form is the way to go. So this is something I actually started last year with conferences. Now we have always done a virtual sign up for the conferences. We use sign up genius. So each teacher Mm -hmm. creates, you know, a schedule and they can go on and sign up. And as parents would sign up on my sign up genius, I would send them a Google form and it would say, you know, uh, their name, whatnot, what subject are you wanting to discuss or what subjects? And then it's kind of same thing. Like, do you have any behavior concerns? Do you, what are your academic concerns? Right. And it has been so, so nice. I mean, do you get them all back? Pretty much. Yeah. I okay. want to say the last round of conferences, I probably had, I don't know, 20 conferences and I got like 18 of them back. All right. I'm going to try it. If not, like I said, I can always hit the reset button. Yeah. You know, after this go round and then make changes for the spring. So yeah, definitely give we'll it a go. We'll see how it goes. Now, I am also going to create kind of an overview for each learner, but instead of doing it like on physical paper and mailing it, I am just going to do it within a Google Doc. So I'm going to create a template for the Google Doc that I can use for every student. So I can put, you know, scores and I can put their, their grows and their glows and, you know, all of that stuff. And then I plan on just presenting my screen with that information during the conference. So that way I don't have to print it or worry about sending it. I'm just going to in the moment share it and discuss it. So that's going to be something I want to kind of get a head start on. I want to have that template ready and I want to start plugging in the information so it doesn't sneak up on me because conferences are for us on October 12th and 13th. So just for reference, I'm getting married on Saturday the 10th And then that Monday and Tuesday are conferences. That Wednesday, the 14th, is my birthday. And then that Friday, the 16th, I leave to go to another country. So it's going to be a little busy. Bridget's raising her hand over the Skype screen. Go ahead. Guess what? What? Are your conferences the same day? No. Oh, okay. I have that Monday off. Oh, I don't want to know that. Oh, my gosh. This is great. Because... I'm going to, I'm obviously going to Baltimore and, and going to stay the night for your wedding Friday night and then Saturday. And so I'll get back home Sunday morning-ish and I will have another day at home. Um, I think this should be reversed. I should be the one getting that extra day after my <laughs> wedding. I'm working that Friday night. Like I'm, I'm going to school on Friday, yeah. waking up, getting married on Saturday. I'll have Sunday conferences. Like it's just going to be crazy. It is going to be crazy. <sighs> okay. It really is. You got this girl. You got it. Anyway. Um, another thing that I'm going to do, especially now because of it being virtual, I'm going to send a follow-up email to parents. And what I will probably do is link that Google doc that I created for their student I will link it for them in the email. So that way they have access to it. I I didn't even think of that until right now as I was saying it. But 
I also want to make sure, like, did they need any resources? And I'm sure that will come up during the conference. Mm -hmm. If so, I will send them in that email. And if not, I'm just thanking them for that time um, that they spent with me to discuss their student. I'll link them to the Google Doc and that'll be it. I also want to make sure, and this is where Bridget and I said this is kind of like hitting the reset button for the future, but because of everything being different. But for me, this is something that's true regardless of conferences. I always want to hit the reset button after the conference by implementing any changes that were brought up during the conference. So if I discussed with parents like something as simple as moving the student's seat, I want to make sure I hit the reset button and get that done. Or if it's going to be like me pulling the student for small group support on a frequent basis, like I want to make sure I have that all ready to go. So in my mind, like that's hitting the reset button. I'm making sure I'm implementing those changes as soon as the conference is done. And you know, something that I was thinking about as we were going through this entire episode is that the reset button is going to be very different for all of us. And the amount of times that you have to push that reset button is also going to look very different for all of us because it really just depends on your life, what you have going on, um, and all of those different factors, right? If you tend to be a messier person, you might have to do the reset button on materials more often. Um, If you have gotten sick, like I have recently and, you know, came back to chaos, I had to hit the reset button during that time. When we say hitting the reset button, we are talking about doing little things to be able to get everything back in order so you're not overwhelmed. Um, When we were first thinking about this episode, the thing that I always thought about during November is about how crazy I felt like my classroom would always be. Now, it doesn't necessarily look like that now because I feel like everything's virtually, but there still are little areas that I'm like, man, I really, I need to check that and I need to fix this and I need to do this in order for me to kind of feel almost re-energized and refreshed and feel as though I can kind of tackle whatever the day brings. So you really have to kind of identify what are the categories that you need to hit your reset button on. You may not do these all the time, like conferences, like twice a year, right? Two, three times a year, maybe. Um, You're not going to do that very often, but you might, again, have to do with materials more often, might have to do it with maybe your files, you know, every once in a while, whatever it is, hit your reset button so that you feel as though you are walking into a day and you're feeling successful. That was such a beautiful wrap up for this episode, Bridget. We would love for you all to hop over on our website, www.teachingonthedouble.com. Funny story, when I was a little kid, I did not know they were called websites. And I would ask my parents, hey, can I go on a www dot? Like, that's what I would ask them. (laughs) (laughs) So head over to our www dot teachingonthedouble.com. And we would love for you to submit your TSH, especially as we start moving into like the holidays and so many schools are transitioning between virtual and hybrid and in-person. Like it's just chaos. So we want to know what are your time-sucking hurdles? And please, pretty please, with pumpkin spice whipped cream on top. Leave us a review over on iTunes. We want to know how much you love our podcast. It just brings us all the warm and fuzzies when we read your reviews. So until next time, be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.